Good morning. Good morning. How are you all doing today? Oh, you're like, man, Sunday morning, let's go to church and hear about reconciliation. Duh, right? Um, <laughs> it's like, it's right in the notes. I'm always just like, I feel like I have to like tell you all, but you see it when you come in. Uh, for those of you who have not gotten a chance to meet me, my name is Mia. My wonderful husband is over here. Do you want to wave to everyone, Ted? I'm just a little obsessed with him. Anyone that knows me, I'm just like, oh. We met when I was in grade eight, for those who don't know. And the first thing I said when I ran back to my friend Kim Johnson was, I just met my husband. Um, and so I am super, super excited to say we are next month going to be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary. And uh, we were like lounging in our pool, just floating around. And we're like, it's... Like the, like, the reality of brokenness in our world is, is so real. And I'm so thankful that I have a husband that it's like, I don't just love you, but I'm in love with you. And like, because we constantly are reconciling with one another. And brokenness, like the, 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 the end result is like to be back together. But the reality is that does not always happen. And so this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm like, thanks, Pastor Roy. Like, there's like incredible, like, it wasn't Ryan great last week? Like, it's an incredible summer series. It's called The Beautiful Community. And it's like, there's things like on generosity and hope. And then it's like, and I get reconciliation. Um, and I get it. Um, I, I totally get it. I, I feel um, very strongly in my, in my heart. You know, reconciliation is a story of my life. Um, which is because of the faithfulness of Jesus. And so I know some of your stories in this room, and I know that that is true for, for many of you. Um, and yet we still struggle, like we're just people. And, you know, being, being asked to speak, having the opportunity to speak, and watching, you know, other, other members of the team speak um, really highlights, and I really hope that you get, like, we are just people, um, it's like we, we elevate, you know, pastors and we elevate these people and, um, and it can be like, oh, like God did that for them. Like they are, they are ahead of us or they are more special or God's blessed them more. And it's like when there's things like, well, how do you forgive? And how do you, how do you <laughs> repent? And how do you do these things? And it can seem in the moment so hard to do, but we're not like this magical group of people that like we have fairy dust and it's so easy for us. Like we just keep rolling through the mud towards the cross of Jesus and we have something to share with you. And so um, that's what we want to do this morning. What I want to do is I really just want to have a conversation with you all about really what Jesus has done in my life over the last, I mean, I guess my whole life, um, but really the last 15 years, the last 10 years, which is bring me back into harmony with who he created me to be. And who here knows, like, life messes with you. It messes with you. And it's like, you wake up, <laughs> something happens, and like, you go to bed and you are not the same person. Things happen. And what I learned, um, I am very blessed to have grown up um, knowing Jesus. But unfortunately, because of the brokenness and the reality of, of my life and my childhood, is I learned... Um, about reconciliation. And what I learned was uh, forgiveness is cheap and it is fake because it was forced. And that is a very real reality that I recognize a lot of people have been taught and they don't even necessarily realize that it's been taught. And so that's what I learned throughout my life. And that's not necessarily what I was taught, told, but it's what I experienced. You need to forgive right now, 
right now because the person wanted to feel absolved. And what I learned about repentance was, if you just forgive me right now, I'm free. So of course, wouldn't I want to say forgive, 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 now I'm free. I was taught that it was cheap and fake and not real, really. That reconciliation meant, well, I can sit in a room and talk to you. And what that did to me, and what I know it's done to others in this room and watching online, is that it leaves you in a place where you actually don't understand the heart of God. Reconciliation is God's idea. And so if you're, you know, sometimes we don't even realize, like if you had asked me, like, do you believe in forgiveness at any point in my life? I'd be like, of course I do. But it's on the other side when you're all of a sudden sitting and you're broken and you're going like, oh, no, I don't. Like, it just seems so fake. It doesn't seem real. I'm so broken. How do I do it? I don't want to do it. And then you read things or you're told like, you must You must do this. You need to give. It feels like your will is being pulled from you and that's not the heart of God. And so really, you know, we're, we're, our desire as a church, you know, we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You know, we're going to two services because we don't think we have enough space. We believe more people need to know about Jesus. Is that good? Like we want to create more opportunities for people to encounter Jesus. And so we want, we have a beautiful community. We want to become more of a beautiful community. And so we'll say things like, we want it to be a shame off environment. That's the goal. The reality is we are judgmental, shameful people. So how do we get from here to over here? And people get hurt and they're like, but I thought this was a shame off community. It's like, okay, but we're also people. We are people. And so I wanna pray and we're gonna get into really, I'm just gonna share with you things that God has revealed to my heart over the last few years um, that have brought me freedom. You know, forgiveness is not something that is forced of us. It's something that flows out of us. And so, you know, today I want to, yeah, we'll pray. And I'm just going to share some things. And I'm really believing that um, God will just touch one area of your life. Because he is faithful. He's not going to overload you. Um, And so my heart is just that you would, would have one thing that God talks to you about today. And that as we're moving forward, you would just become more and more renewed, more and more beautiful. Because it's, it's us. It's us. We are, we are the beautiful community. And it's like, it's so hard when sometimes we're like, but I'm like, but I'm so ugly inside. But you're not. You're beautiful. God is, God is faithful. So let's pray. I know, so heavy right off the bat. Um, Let's pray. And let's just, uh, let's just see where the Holy Spirit takes us this morning. Like who's excited for an adventure of reconciliation? Father, we just thank you that you are so faithful. You are faithful. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray, you know, um, that any, any heaviness or any weariness that comes from just thinking about reconciliation, thinking about forgiveness, thinking about having to repent, God, that that, you would just bring things, you would reconcile our understanding of reconciliation this morning, that you would bring things into order, God, that your peace would resound over people, that Father, where there is brokenness, and even just the the topic is triggering, and it just brings up so many deep emotions sometimes, God, I pray that your spirit would hover over the chaos of our lives and the brokenness of our lives, and you would bring peace and rest and healing this morning, and that we would leave more reconciled with who you are and who you've created us to be. That God, we would continue to become more and more beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen, amen. So the the one verse that I just I kept coming back to is in 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through uh, 11 <laughs> through 17. I'm gonna read the whole chapter. Um, it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to cleanse yourself, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proven yourself to be innocent in this matter. God's idea is reconciliation. He reconciled himself to the world. He reconciled himself to the world. There was a division between us and God, and he said, I love them so much, I need to bring them back I need to do something. But repentance is key. So with reconciliation, you need a forgiver, which is the person who's been wronged, and you need someone who's repentant, the person who did the wronging. So between us and God, it's not just sorry. Like who here thought like if you just said sorry, it would all get better? It would just like, did anyone's parents, it was just my parents? Okay, no one wants to like out their parents right now. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I'll be honest. Just say sorry. And like, I catch myself saying this to like my two sons, Titus and Asher. You did something wrong. Just say sorry. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. You need to repent, you know? Just say sorry. But in the Bible, it actually talks about what real repentance looks like. But worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow is when you just don't like the fact that you got caught and you don't like the fact that there's consequences. So I'm really sorry. And have you ever, I'm sure, you've been in a situation where someone says sorry and you're like, not that we want to sit in the position of judge, but you're like, it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel genuine. And then you're like, well, now I'm stuck in a position where I feel like I need to forgive you. And it's like, actually, forgiveness is totally separate. And so when we're talking about being people that are reconciling, carrying this ministry of reconciliation, we are talking about being in a position of what only what I can do and only what you can do and whatever you do, that's on you but I'm going to be in this position. And so when we're talking about us and God being reconciled to God, I guess is my first point. It's being reconciled to God is that, you know, we, you wanna know what I did? I flipped right over to the second page. So you guys missed the entire introduction. Um, <laughs> be reconciled to God is the first thing I wanna say. The first thing, because without the power of Jesus in our lives, we cannot get anywhere. It's like there are steps. We don't just get to being reconnected to people. But real godly sorrow, there, are, there is fruit of that. Just like there's fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, there is fruit of real repentance where you're truly, truly sorry for what you've done. Um, you're alarmed by the fact that like you got here. Like who has, who has done something and when I cannot believe I did that willingly? Like I actually wanted to do that thing that I know was wrong and I did it right? And it's like, and then we're so full of shame. And it's like, the Bible says, like Paul says, he's like, we, we, I do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I want to do. That's the reality of being a human. And yet God chooses us. He chose us. And he wants to be reconciled with us. And so the first thing we need to do is be reconciled to God. And, you know, that, so like people think, okay, so that's like when I first get saved. Yes, you have to initially be reconciled to God. You know, when you say, okay, I believe that Jesus is Lord, I am saved, I'm forgiven. And most of us in this room have done that. We've been initially reconciled with God. But life happens. And so I've shared before, um, I've, I've been very open about our miscarriages and just kind of what it brought up in me. And after our first miscarriage, like I was, me and Jesus were still good. But after our, my second miscarriage, um, I felt wronged by God. 
And all these things that I felt, like they were just, they were, they were feelings. I don't think that they were wrong. Um, but what I did is I went, I feel like I've been wronged by God. God is wrong. I don't feel like God is faithful or cares about me. God is uncaring. I do not want to worship him in this moment. I don't feel like it. I will not worship you. See, I went from a feeling and something that happened. I put the blame on God because it's like, well, God, I've seen you do things before. So why didn't you do it this time? And so I found myself in a place where I was, I was, I was separated from God. My salvation was intact, but I felt trapped by my faith because I'm just like, not only do I feel these things now, now it's like, it's in my head. I believe it's in my heart. It's, it's found roots. And it's like, no, I don't believe God is good. No, I don't believe God is faithful. And it's like, and not only would I just like say the right thing. You know how sometimes you say the right thing, but you don't feel it. I wasn't even there anymore. I was like, I am, no, I don't think this is real. Like I, I, I know it, but I don't know. I don't. I was wrong. And I had to be reconciled to God. And it's like, when you go through pain, when you go through loss, when you go through these things, and it's just like, but what I feel is okay, but what I'm doing is now wrong. I have now gone beyond thinking and I have like entered into being totally separated from God. And I was full of anger and I was full of hatred. And there was a moment, you know, the Bible says it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. God was not up there going like, yeah, be reconciled to me repent, you know, like I remember those like old, like I would see like, or I guess it's like caricatures now of like old preachers on TV that were like, like repent, you're, you're sinful. It's like, yes, we're sinful. We're sinful people. We don't want to make light of that, but that's not God. God is not angry at us. The Bible says it's the love of God. And I had a moment I know, in the bathroom. I feel like this is where a lot of times where God talks to me, where God met me with his love. He met me with his love. And I remember saying like, God, when will, and I've shared this before, when will I stop being so angry? And I remember going to bed that night and just repenting and, and going through God, like this, this feeling turned into a thought and now it's an ungodly belief. And I need, and I need, I am sorry, I was wrong. Please change my heart, change what I believe. I had to repent of it. And so there's initial repentance, but then there's continual repentance. We have to continually be repent, uh, repentant and continually be reconciled with God because life happens, life happens. And so if we just keep going along and it's like, what, some of the things that I, I just kind of was like, just thinking of is, um, how do you know if you're slipping into this place where you need to be reconciled with God? And there's a lack of intimacy sometimes in your relationship. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like worshiping. Sometimes you're just busy and tired. But sometimes oh, something just got in there. All of a sudden, these ungodly beliefs are coming up. People that you're around are saying like, that's not in the word of God. We all of a sudden slowly can find ourselves out of alignment. I don't, I don't want to be part of the community of God. I don't want to be part of church. I don't want to be here. And all of a sudden, we just start going. And so being reconciled with God is retrusting, choosing to trust him, finding intimacy with him changing our ungodly beliefs to godly beliefs, willfully choosing to repent. And so the first thing that we need to do in creating a beautiful community is all of us being in line with God and having a good, healthy relationship with him. Because how do we ever go to having a good, healthy relationship with other people if we don't have a solid relationship with God? Because Jesus forgave when we did not deserve it. And so he, his life is the pattern that we follow. Forgiveness is never earned. 
It is never earned. No one, once they have hurt you, can ever do enough to heal that. Because as people, we are not the healers. God can use us to heal people, but we do not have the source of that. That comes from Jesus. And so his life is the pattern of, I'm gonna lay my life down for you, but he's also the power of it in that because we are forgiven, because we are reconciled to God, we can then reconcile with ourselves and with others. So the second point that I have is that we need to be reconciled with ourselves. We all have stories and, it, and, and um, the reality is it's like, again, I don't wanna, I'm always just like, who here? It's like, I don't, I don't wanna out anybody. Um, you know, broken people break people and hurt people hurt people. Loved people love people. Reconciled people reconcile. Forgiven people forgive. And, you know, I've shared about just the brokenness of my life, like the reality of feeling like I was forced to forgive and forced to repent. And it's like, say you're sorry. It's like, I'm, I don't even remember what just happened. And I'm like now having to say I'm sorry. It's like, or I can just say I'm sorry and I'm off the hook. And um, we get to a point where it's like, we don't, we don't even like ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And so, okay, I've, I've come to the place where I'm like, okay, God loves me. And now I'm having these issues with people because we're people. And it's like, I have to now forgive them, but I don't even... I don't even like myself. I don't forgive myself. I think these things about myself. And we all of a sudden are bashing into people. And sometimes we're just projecting our own self-hatred onto other people and being like, but they, they're making me feel this way. It's like, actually, you might just feel that way because you're unhealed. And so one of the thing, the second thing I really want to talk about this morning is that we need to be reconciled with ourselves. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And in, in, um, in Genesis... There's the story of Jacob and Esau. Does anyone know the story of Jacob and Esau? I feel like that's a really easy light one to be like. Does anyone know? Let me sing about the God of Jacob this morning. And Jacob means deceiver. And we see twice where he has an interaction with God, where God changes his name. And he changes his name to Israel. And Israel means God fights, God perseveres, and that you're an overcomer. And when we become reconciled to ourselves, we go from a place of being separated and not liking, not loving, not having self-esteem, not having self-respect, and being reconciled with our stories, being reconciled with things we've chosen to do, being reconciled with things that have been done to us. And it's not that we love those things, but we love who we were in those moments. And so it's like, especially for people that have gone through abuse or have had other traumas, it's like, well, that child was not lovable or that adult was not lovable. Or maybe you've, you've been... Um, unfaithful in your, in your relationships, or maybe someone's been unfaithful to you. And it's like, well, I don't like that person. And being reconciled is, is, is getting to a place of healing and freedom where you actually love that person, even though you don't love that thing. And with Jacob and Esau, Jacob did, when we know his story, Jacob intentionally stole the birthright of his brother. He intentionally tricked him. He took advantage of his brother when his brother was in, he had just come in from the field hunting. He was like, I'm dying. I'm so hungry. And he had food and he's just like, well, give me your birthright. That means he got, he got two times the inheritance. It's like, if you had like a millionaire parent or a billionaire parent, and it's just like, everyone gets a share and I now get twice as much. He tricked him over that for food. Now his brother was the one who got tricked, but he did it. He intentionally did it. He was a deceiver. And every single time anyone ever said, Jacob, they were like, deceiver, I need something from you. Deceiver, I'm gonna come talk to you. And it was constantly being spoken over him that he, uh, who he really was, who he really was. And then 
he tricked his brother out of the blessing. And so we see all of these things of he is not the best person. And it's like, I remember as a child, like going as a child, I guess I was like a preteen teenager. And uh, it's like, I went, I stole jewelry from Ardeen. Does anyone know Ardeen? And it's just like, I did that on purpose. I knew that it was wrong. I still did it. I don't like that. But what comes up sometimes in our lives when things are going on, when, we're, when things are going on in our life, is the enemy will come in or we will say to ourselves, you're a thief. You are a thief. You steal everything. You steal your position. You, you steal your friends. You steal from other people. You're, you're, you're a deceiver. You're this, you're that. And we call ourselves by the things that we have done or the things that have been done to us. You will always be a victim. You will always be a broken child that can never stand up for themselves. And we will belittle ourselves and we will tear ourselves down. And what God is calling us to is a beautiful community. And he's calling us to be reconciled with him and reconciled with himself and to be able to interact with people. But when we have these adults that are broken children or these adults that are broken adults, how do we do that? We, you know, coming into being reconciled with God, God now then gives us the power to be reconciled to ourselves so we can be healed. I am very, very open, and I don't think that this is the story for everybody, but I went through two years of intensive therapy every other week. It literally started as like, go three times. Okay, let's go five more times. I don't know how much longer. And it went from a month and a half to two years because I had to get reconciled with myself because every time I would bump into people, their life would just, I would be bleeding out on them because I hadn't been healed. And so we, we desire for you, no God, find freedom. It is for freedom that Jesus set you free. It's for freedom that he died and rose again and came out of the tomb. Find freedom, find freedom so that we can have a beautiful community. And it's just like, this community sucks. People here are awful. And it's like, they're just broken, real people that just need to be healed. But what happens is when we enter into healing, and we start to have grace for ourselves, we begin to have grace for other people. But it's really hard to have grace for other people when we have a high bar that we know we've never met. And we're like, meet it, meet it, meet it. I'm always disappointed, I'm always disappointed, I'm always disappointed, everyone just disappoints me here. I don't like church, especially, you know, like, <laughs> we've, I've heard this, people say this about themselves, and I hear people say this about other people, and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And if, you're like, oh my gosh, I have said this to her. I'm not saying this to shame you. I am saying this because this is, this is something that needs to be rooted out of our souls because we say it over ourselves and we say it over other people and this is it. They call themselves a Christian and they did. Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are? Or we say it about ourselves. I cannot, I must not even be because... We need to root that out. We are, we are imperfect people that Jesus died and gave his life for. We are worthy. We are, we are the head. We are not the tail. We are not someone that can just be pushed down. Let's raise one another up. When someone hurts us, let's say, hey, if you need freedom, find freedom. Not near me, but like find freedom <laughs> over there. But like, God bless you. When we see people that are like, I believe in Jesus and I'm just rolling in the dirt, let's not kick them while they're down. Let's just say, okay, maybe I just need some space. That's a beautiful community. We are going to intentionally and unintentionally hurt other people and ourselves. But reconciliation does not look like we're now best friends. 
Because sometimes with ourselves even, it's just like, oh, I believe these things about myself, but like deep down I don't. We need to take the time. And one of the things that I love about Jacob and Esau is that we see it twice, that God has this powerful encounter with him. And he says, you are no longer Jacob, you are now Israel. And I love that it wasn't just once because when God is doing something in our lives, it takes a few times for us to heal. You are not broken, you are healed. You are restored, you are bought with a price. It takes time for that to get from here down into our souls. If it did for Jacob, it did for us. It does for us. And so we need to have grace for ourselves. We need to have grace for other people, but we need to root out these like, if I want to step into the seat of God and be the judge, and like condemn everyone, I'm condemning myself because then I no longer have a savior. It's like, we need to constantly be aware that to have a beautiful community, we need to humble ourselves and demonstrate what Jesus did, which is he became a lowly servant. And he said, I'm gonna lay down my right to be right. And I'm gonna love and I'm gonna forgive and it's not deserved and it's not earned and I'm just gonna give it freely. That is what a beautiful community looks like. But Jesus also had boundaries. God has boundaries. And so... We need to have them with ourselves. We need to have them with other people. And so the last, the last point is that we need to be reconciled. I have no idea what time it is. We need to be reconciled to others. And that really is like the end result of being in a beautiful community. And with Jacob and Esau, I love this story so much. And I love the story of, jo- of Joseph and his brothers um, because in both of them, it was years before they ever were reconciled. Like if you go back, it's like, a, it's a ton of chapters. It's in uh, Genesis 23, I think, if you go to read about it. But it's like, Jacob does all these things that are horrible intentionally. Then he runs for his life because his parents are like, he's going to kill you. Have you ever felt like you want to kill somebody because they've hurt you so bad? I have. Like, it's a real thing. We're humans. Like, we, you know, or it's like you hear something bad's happening in someone's life and you're like, good. And it feels ugly. But like, when that pain comes up, that's real. That is just real. And so he ran for his life. And in the course of like 20 years, 20 years, think about your life, divide it by 20. (laughs) Like one, two, three times, 20. So a third of his life, a third of your life or half of your life, it took him to be reconciled to God and to be reconciled to himself so that he could reconcile to his brother. And when, he, when, he came, when God called him to go back to, that, to his land, like where he lived, he sent gifts ahead, but he was terrified for his life. You can read, he like separated his family. Like he did everything to protect himself. He put in boundaries, but he knew I have to be reconciled. He sent gifts ahead of him. And what he was told is there are 400 people coming towards you and your brother. And it's just like, he knew what he did. And it's like, have you ever gone to someone and be, to say like, please forgive me. And you are terrified for your life. I'm sure that's the same feeling he had. And it took 20 years also. We don't know the story of Esau, but it took 20 years. And Esau came and embraced him and wept. So they were reconciled. But the thing that I think is so beautiful is that they did not live together. (laughs) They were reconciled. We're good now. We're good now. But I'm not going to like be your best friend or your neighbor. And that can be beautiful. And that's something that I want to like just free people of. And I, I hear it's like, well, you know, there's this person at church and I want, to, I, I want you to be okay to be here. But you don't have to be best friends. It might be really toxic. That's okay. It doesn't mean that your heart is wrong for you that it's unhealthy and you have to put those boundaries in. That's okay. The other person actually might be great. But for you, they're not for whatever reason. If you're projecting onto them for whatever reason... 
You don't have to be best friends. Reconciliation is not about it just looking good. You can actually not be reconciled to somebody and be in a really unhealthy relationship or friendship with them. Reconciliation is something that we carry. I want to find the verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is there. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God, be reconciled to yourself, and then walk in the ministry of reconciliation. That means that if I do something wrong, I'm truly repentant of it. I'm not just looking to be let off the hook. It means that if someone has wronged me, I forgive them. And I also understand that if I'm not there yet, it's okay if it takes me 20 years because Jacob is one of the patriarchs of our faith. And if it took him that long and Esau that long, it can take us that long. Sometimes we feel rushed. And I think that's what really felt fake to me about what I was taught about reconciliation is you need to do it now, speed up, get healed build your relationship with Jesus today and like you're now good forever. Get reconciled to people. It doesn't happen like that. That's not it. But the beauty of what we want to see is we want to see more people come in that know nothing about Jesus. And that means they very well could be really broken. And so we need to just be in the process of knowing God and finding freedom so that when their lives bump into ours, like they're going to, we have, a, we have a mechanism and the mechanism is re- repentance. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you that way, truly. Or forgiveness. Hey, I, you, you bumped into me. I don't need to, we're good. You know, on the back of your notes, I, I've given you some resources because we can't get into, if you have a hard time saying no, if you have a hard time with boundaries, knowing where you end and other people begin, if it's with your own life, if it's with your marriage, if it's with your work or with other people, there's an amazing book called Boundaries. Um, I, we, we talk a lot about it. It changed my life because it helped me identify like, oh, who am I? Like, who am I? Who is God? Who, is, who are people? Like, what is mine? What is, like, those are super, super, super great resources. Learning, um, Bob and Audrey Meisner, they're, it, they're free um, on, their, on their website that's listed there. My personality goals, my communication goals. Sometimes like people are hurting you and they're not intending to hurt you, but you're being hurt by them because you just don't know like how God designed you or how God designed them. And so boundaries are super good, but just understanding and learning more about who you are and who they are and how do you communicate and what are you doing? That is super, super important. It's a fantastic resource. And then um, two books that I absolutely love are Uninvited and Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst. If forgiveness, if, if, if even hearing that word, like it pains you deeply, because you're like, you don't even understand what has happened to me. Those are incredible books. And so I would encourage you to, 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 to look into those. You know, when I was getting ready, I read this quote and I have it in your notes. It says, we have been forgiven so much more than we will ever be called to forgive. And that is so true and it is so offensive to me because I'm a human, so I compare. I'm like, but I never did that. <laughs> I compare, I, I jump right back up into God's seat and go, what I do as I'm a human. 
But the reality is that when I can be reconciled to God and I can sit in a position with him and I can be reminded and I can repent and go, okay, God, you forgave me for all of this and the wages of my sin is death and you lay down your perfect life for me. It's because I've been forgiven that I can forgive. And, you know, I've shared before, you know, with my family, you know, there were years that we, we had to put up really strong boundaries of like no contact with my parents. And in those years, it was devastating. It was so hard. It was so hard. And we did not know if we would ever be reconciled to them. And the relationship is not what like, it, like years ago, like, oh, I want a mom, I want a dad. This is what I want it to look like. But now it's better than it's ever been because I am safe and they are safe and there's forgiveness from me. If there's repentance on their part, that's not on me. And their repentance is not what my forgiveness is hinged on. If you, if you say sorry, then I'll, then I'll forgive you. No, I am forgiven. And so I forgive out of the overflow of my life. And my desire for them is freedom for their lives and, and health and peace and prosperity. That is what God does in our hearts for those who have wronged us when we will say, okay, God, reconcile. I'm gonna reconcile with you. I'm gonna reconcile with myself and I'm gonna get healed. And so, you know, today, if, if you need to get right with God today for the first time or the hundredth time, we're gonna sing a song and then there's gonna be an opportunity for you to come up and have the ministry team pray with you. You know, if you need to be reconciled with yourself, an incredible question to ask yourself is what do, what do I call myself? What do I call myself? What are the things that I say about who I am? You know, that's an area that God can bring reconciliation if it's not in line with who he says you are. And if there are people here or in your life that you need to be reconciled with or forgive or repent, like you can come up and people will, will pray with you. They'll stand with you um, because it is heavy. But the beauty of it is that when we lock in and say, I'm going to be part of this, is it's so freeing and it's so empowering and it's so light because we all of a sudden get to be who God's called us to be. We were never, ever, ever meant to live broken. We were never, ever meant to live harmed. That's not how we were meant to live. We were meant to be, to, to be able to, not easily, but to release people and to be released. And so my heart for you is that, you know, as we enter in and continue entering in, um, into growing and seeing God grow this community, that we would continue to be beautiful. We call it messy church. We don't have to be worried of the mess because we have a mechanism to get clean. And that is reconciliation. That is repenting and, and forgiving. And so I'm just gonna pray for you all. I know that's heavy. <laughs> I know that's heavy, but I believe that God wants to do something in us where we're continually growing. We're continually, look, continuing to look like Jesus, more and more like him. So that when people come in, they see like reality. They see that we are, we are just people that are honest and vulnerable, that have good boundaries, that can reestablish boundaries. And um, so that they know that it's not fake. So that they know that their lives too can be healed. Their lives too can be set free. So I'm gonna pray, they're gonna, they're gonna worship and then we're gonna have an opportunity for you to come up and just have a moment with Jesus um, because I believe that he wants to do in you what he's done in me because I am nothing special. Like I am the most special, but I am nothing special. And if he, can, if he can heal my heart, he can heal your heart. If he can reconcile me and forgive me, he can reconcile and forgive you. So Father, I just pray today that God, um, that your life and your words would just pour out into people 
that God, that they would know that you love them and is that your love that draws us to repentance. It's your love that draws us to um, just being back in a relationship with you so that we can know who we are because we know whose we are. And so that we can be in relationship with other people. We can be free. We can free others by just becoming more and more free ourselves. God, that we would be a, a community of people, that we would be a community of people, God, that are beautiful. We are beautiful because we are so okay with being messy. We are so okay with following what you have chosen for us, which is just reconciliation, that we would step into that ministry. God, I just pray that as you're touching people's hearts right now online and in the room, that God, we wouldn't just go, oh, we'll deal with that tomorrow. But that we'd say, okay, Jesus, you're touching on this. Let me just, let me just deal with this now. And God, if today is the, the second time or the third time that you are calling us by a new name, God, I pray that it would dig deep, that we would begin to believe about ourselves what you call us and who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.
coming to the front. I really believe this morning that there's some chains are breaking. There's some reconciliation happening here in the house, in our lives. I don't, I don't believe this is just another Sunday message. I believe this was strategically placed here by the Father. That he wants to, he's trying to reach someone this morning. He's trying to bring someone into reconciliation. I just want to, if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to come forward. And we have these awesome prayer team at the front that would love to pray with you. But I think just like Jacob, God's reconciling with us. I don't know if you're online or here in the room, but I know there's somebody with these deep chains where God's been chasing your whole life and you've wanted it, but you struggled with it. You couldn't reconcile with it. Today's your day. Today's your day. Those chains are coming off. Reconcile with your God. He has an abundance of life and an abundance of love to pour over you this morning. So I'm going to say a prayer and I just encourage you, just repeat after me. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for never leaving me. God, this message was challenging, but it was for me. You're calling me home. You're reconciling with me. And I am reconciling with you. Come into my life. Receive me. And I will receive you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, that is the best decision you have ever made in your entire life. Trust me. Welcome to the family. Those of you online that might have said that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family. It was amazing. We're glad to have you. <laughs> well, thank you, Mia, for that awesome message. It was, it was timely. It challenged me. It stretched me 100%. You know, reconciling with God, reconciling with ourselves, reconciling with others. Uh, I'll be chewing on that all week. I'm just going to say a quick prayer, and I'll release you, and we can go enjoy. Hopefully, it's not still rainy outside, but the rest of this beautiful day. Father God, thank you again for gathering us together, giving us the opportunity once more just to worship your name as one family, God, under one roof. God, thank you for being present here this morning. Thank you for moving and speaking in our lives this morning. Father, bless us as we go. May we travel safe and keep your hand on us all week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you are dismissed. Have a great rest of your week, everyone.